Greetings, Mavuno family. I want to give a very special shout out to all of you who are watching this live in your campuses today. And also a big shout out to our online campus. My name is Pastor Muraidi Wanjao, and I am the senior pastor of Mavuno Church. I'm so glad to be bringing God's word to you in the first month of the new year. Now, we are going through a series, and we're calling it Champions League. We're learning about four ancient training routines that will help you to start the journey towards achieving the great exploits that God intends for you. Now, when it comes to following Jesus, all of us were meant to play in the Champions League. You see, Christianity does not have different tiers for different players. There is no baby league or junior league. That God's intention for all of us is that we play in heaven's champions league. We've learned how fasting prepares us for the miraculous. And this week, we're entering the final week of our 21-day liquid fast. Yay, somebody! I know, and I hope it's been a good experience so far. I mean, we have prayed together every morning at 4.30 a.m., and I have loved hearing the testimonies of what God is doing among us. Now, last week, we also learned how daily Bible reading guarantees success for God's people by helping us to learn from wisdom and avoid consequences. And I hope this week that you have been in the school of wisdom. By the way, all these sermons, you can find them on our YouTube page. Uh, if you go on our website, www.mavunochurch.org, you will also find them there. Now today we want to talk about the third training routine. And like the others, this one is one that Pastor Caro and I have been blessed greatly by, just like the others, as we have practiced it uh, over the years. It is one that releases us from stress and anxiety. And it opens the way for God to work in our lives. And like the other routines, this is not one that you do just one time. But it is something that just like any training drill, you do over and over and over again until it becomes a part of your nature. Now, I am talking about giving. And the title of my message is Express your identity. Express your identity. Now, growing, uh, giving in churches, giving in churches has always been a somewhat controversial subject, but never more than in modern day churches. Today, many people outside the church especially, they see church as a money-making machine. Business run by entrepreneurs, cynical entrepreneurs, who are basically out to fleece gullible Christians. And to be honest, there are stories and there are many out there of different church and ministry leaders who have enriched themselves, living in luxury, while the people that are supporting them are struggling to survive, preaching the gospel for money. These are people who've given the gospel a bad name. And as a result, I know many preachers who are hesitant to preach about money today. Now for a long time too, I disliked teaching about money. 
I'd seen the error of these preachers. And I didn't want to be associated with those types of errors. But with time, I became convinced that this was also an error. <laughs> you know, you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Because after all, God's word has a lot to say about money. And I've personally experienced the amazing power of handling God's money well over the years. And so over time, I became convicted about this. And I have taught many times from God's word about money. Not just about giving, but a whole lot more. Now last year, for example, we taught and we challenged our people to get out of debt. And based on this biblical truth, I mean, you, know, you remember we talked about this, that the, the, the borrower is a slave to the lender. And many of us, because of not just believing that truth, but running with it, doing something about it, many of us in this church are completely debt-free or almost there. If you're one of those, can you say amen right now? I know many of you are on that journey. And this year, the challenge is to build up savings. That's a challenge we gave for this year. Savings equivalent to three to six months of your expenses. Now, if you're a visitor, we want to welcome you to join us in this journey as we build prosperity together following biblical principles. I believe that you can be prosperous following the principles of the Bible. I know many are working hard to achieve this in this congregation, and I believe we are going to have many testimonies of financial ease by the end of this year. Now, it's important that whenever we talk about money, that we note several things. Anytime we talk about especially giving, we talk about several things. It's, it's very important to just put this in context for us as Christians. Number one, we don't give to bribe God. We don't give to bribe God. Never. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, powerful scripture. It says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. Ha! Come on, somebody. God doesn't cut deals. God doesn't take shortcuts. God doesn't, uh, God doesn't take an envelope on the table. What a shock! I know you are thinking that you could do something. You can't do anything to manipulate him. He's incorruptible. And we cannot corrupt him with our gifts. So you can't give to bribe God. Number two, it's important that every preacher who preaches about money tells you this. We don't give to earn our salvation. We never give to earn our salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, your salvation, my salvation, was a gift, an expensive gift. It was bought by the precious blood of Jesus himself. God gave the thing that cost him the most. And it was the death of Jesus on the cross. That's what grace is. Grace really is God. It, it, it basically means unmerited favor, something I didn't work for. Somebody also said that grace, the, the letters grace, stand for God's riches at Christ's expense. Somebody paid for it already. When you get saved, you accept for free something that was paid for very expensively. And you don't have to work for it. As Christians, we are receiving something that somebody else has worked for. We're not working our salvation. Our, our salvation has been given to us. And so you don't get 
salvation because you give. That's not it. Number three, we don't give to get rich. We don't give to get rich. Now, some people teach like giving to God is like a pyramid scheme. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's like you have a need. Well, just invest some money. You know those guys who tell you, just give me some money. I do something with it and boom, it's double or it's triple. You multiply it. But that's a very misleading truth at best. Because the Apostle Paul modeled for us that when we follow Jesus, ah, we should be prepared to follow him through all types of situations. Ah, he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, this is a man who, who loved God, who gave to God, who put his whole life on the line for God. But he says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. And then he concludes by saying, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Does giving God come with a blessing? Absolutely. But blessing doesn't always mean more money. Somebody needs to teach you that. Sometimes blessing can be the gift of being content without money. <laughs> because Paul says, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. And sometimes God will lead you in circumstances where you have to trust in him to be your comforter because you don't have the money to comfort you. And so this is, this is the thing that it doesn't always mean that you get rich because you give. You need to have that clear in your mind. And then number four, we don't give because God needs it. We don't give because God has a need. <laughs> Psalm chapter 50 verse 9, it's so ridiculous the way God puts it. He says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal in the forest is mine. He's basically saying, I own your bank account. All the money in the world is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountainsides. And the insects in the fields are mine. If I was hungry, I would not tell you. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> it's like God is saying, look, if I, if, if, if I needed, to, go, if I needed to, have, to have some food, you're the last guy I would consult. Because it's mine. The world is mine and all in it. That's what God is saying. God is not broke, somebody. God isn't waiting for us to give. He could do all the work without us. In fact, it's actually a huge privilege that he invites us to participate in the great things that he's doing through our giving. It's almost like a father who's doing some work on the farm and the little boy who's three years old comes and says, Dad, can I also dig? And dad says, okay, hold here, we hold together and we dig. And the little boy is like, man, we're really digging. <laughs> That's what it is when I'm giving to God. God's giving me the privilege of being part of something way bigger than myself. Now that we have that out of the way, why in the world should we give generously? Why as Christians... Should we give generously to God's work? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 15. I want us to read this scripture together because it's a really uh, important scripture for us as New Testament believers. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, and it says this. Remember, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in 
every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And then verse 10, he continues to say, Now he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And then verse 12 says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of this service by which you have provided, you've proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everybody else. Verse 14, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And then verse 15, he concludes by saying, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Wow, what a powerful passage. It's like Paul was just getting poetic. I mean, it's like he's just, he's just got inspired for a moment as he talked about giving. You see, in the section before this passage, the Apostle Paul had been following up with the Christians in the city of Corinth who had promised him a generous financial gift, a donation, to help other Christians who are in a difficult position. And as he was talking about that, he moved into sharing some important truths about why Christians must give. And the first reason he gives is that giving grows our faith. I'm going to give you four reasons. But the first one is that giving grows our faith. Verse 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see, ultimately, when we give to God's work, we are expressing faith that it is God who generously supplies your need, not your job, not your intelligence, not your skill, not your connections. It's not your neighbors and all the people around you. It's not where you were born, the school you went to. Now, many of us, I think we instinctively kind of get this. But what I'm saying today is that nothing will grow your faith in God, the provider, more than giving. Ah, come on, if you want to grow in your faith, this is the one practice that's going to grow you. I mean, through my giving, I am expressing faith in the fact that I can never outgive God. That God is able to give me much more than I could ever give him. And that's what, that whatever he gives to me will always outstrip anything that I'm able to give. In verse 8, he says, God is able to bless you abundantly. And then verse 11, he says, you will be enriched. Who's doing the enriching? God is. He says, you'll be enriched in every way. So that, why? You can be generous on every occasion. You see, when you give, you're growing, both spiritually and financially. Now, Kara and I can testify to this truth. My goodness, it's so true that every time we've given to God's work, it's grown our faith. My goodness, it's really grown us. And we've grown tremendously over the years as we've seen God to be Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Over the years, we have found ourselves giving Bigger and bigger gifts, generously to God's work. Because we came to understand this fact, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. 
I mean, several years ago, we started donating my entire salary to Mavuno. Like every month, <laughs> not one month. I mean, you know, right now we ask you to give your first fruit. I give my all fruit. <laughs> but you know what? The mind-blowing thing is, not only have we never lacked, but God has literally embarrassed us every month with his provision. But here's the thing I want you to know. We didn't start there. It wasn't this giant step of faith that we took. What happened is as a young couple, we committed that we would tithe faithfully every income that we got, no matter how big or small it was. And what happened is our faith grew. We saw that when we did that, God was, he provided. And we took a bigger step and God provided more. And with time, we began to understand, my goodness, you can never outgive God. Your faith grows every time you give. Number two, the second truth that is here, giving supplies others' needs. Giving supplies others' needs. Verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see, when God wants to do a great deed on earth, he entrusts a person with the responsibility and the resources to do that deed. In case you don't understand what I'm saying, is God always works through people. <laughs> if God sees a need, he looks for a person and he equips that person to meet that need. He always works through people. And that's why verse 10 to 11 says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. You see, God's blessings are too big for your pockets. God doesn't just want to bless you so that you have rent every month. Ah, oh, come on. Our God is much bigger than that. He doesn't want to bless you so that you have a nice car. Come on, that, uh, wait, don't waste your prayers. God is much bigger than that. He doesn't want to bless you so that you have a nice house. God, that's such a small thing to pray for. God wants to bless you so that the world can be blessed. He said to Abraham, you will be blessed so that the world can be blessed. You'll be blessed so that you can be a blessing. God wants you to be a kingdom financier. That's his intention. And you see, when you give to God's work, you are training yourself in generosity. You are creating room for God to enrich you more so that you can be even more generous. And some of you are going to endow universities. Some of you are going to raise up children's homes. Some of you are going to plant, you're going to pay for church buildings. You know, some of you have grandparents who did that, that they donated the church building in the village. Some of you, you're going to build cathedrals for the worship of God. And the next generation will be discipled because of your resources and that, those of your family. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Number three, giving results in praise to God. Giving results in praise to God. Verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, through the giving of these Corinthians, many people would end up praising God, would end up thanking God, would end up inspired in their faith. I remember when I was a young pastor reading about this pastor called Pastor Rick Warren. And Pastor Rick gave 90% of his income at that time. And he lived on 10%. By the way, I just don't remember. I just remember reading about that. I was so inspired. I was so blessed. I was so in awe of this God. Who can look after a pastor like that? Who can look after God's person like that? That I resolved there and then. But one day, I will do exactly the same thing. I resolved by God's grace, Lord, I want to be a giver. I want to be a kingdom financier. I mean, this man 
blessed me so much that I was just worshipping God. I was like, God, you can look after people like that. Now, this man, he's in such a faraway country. But his generosity became a huge blessing and inspiration to me to want to honor God. And that's what God is saying. And now I'm teaching you the same. <laughs> Aren't you understanding? Are you seeing what's happening? This person's generosity bringing glory to God in a people he doesn't even know. And that's what God wants from every one of us. Verse 13 says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Come on, somebody. Oh my goodness, people in different islands of the sea, people in different continents, praising God because of your example. May people all over the world give praise to God because of your generosity, somebody. And, and, and this is a, I'll go to the final truth then, number four, and I really like this one. Giving is part of our DNA. Giving is part of our DNA. Verse 15, he says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, he's talking about our giving. So how does he then jump to God's giving? You see, here's the thing you need to understand. God is the ultimate giver. God is the ultimate giver. Uh, if you ever think about the most famous scripture in the Bible, what is it? John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave. I mean, when we give generously, we're expressing the supernatural nature of God that is part of our inner being. It's part of our makeup. It's our DNA. And that's why Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. He's not saying, he's not saying that God will love you more when you give. Some people get this wrong. And they think what it means is when I'm cheerful, God really will love me. No, no, no. God already loves you anyway. What it's saying is that God loves it when you give cheerfully. Why? Because you're expressing your father's DNA. You're becoming God-like. You're becoming like him. You're expressing your family identity. And ultimately, Paul says in verse 10, that giving enlarges the harvest of our righteousness. Can you see it? I mean, it's so interesting that we are becoming like God. We are, as we joyfully give to God's work, we are becoming more and more like the one we are giving to. Come on, somebody. I'm becoming God-like every time I give, every time I bless, every time I, I expand God's work through the resources He's put in my pocket. I'm becoming more like Him. Tell your neighbor, express your identity. Ah. This is who you are. Express who you are. Come on, somebody. Let people know who you are through your generosity. So just like fasting and reading God's word, giving is one of those things that God will use to train us this year to do great exploits. We say that the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And how we grow, how we train is through our, our fasting, our prayer, our giving. How do we practice growing in our giving. Over the years at Mavuno Church, we've done it in two ways. The first is through faithful tithing. Faithful tithing. A tithe means giving to God the first 10% of your income every month. And you see the tithe, it was an Old Testament guideline for the Israelites. When they observed the tithe, they were expressing that their dependence was on God and not on themselves. And they were testifying that they were a covenant people, that they had a relationship with God who protected them and looked after them. Now, some people argue that the tithe was an Old Testament regulation and that it's not relevant as relevant for Christians today. And you know what I'd say, and this might shock you, I completely agree. I completely agree. What a shock. <laughs> I know, you didn't expect me to say that. I actually believe that as Christians, the tithe 
is actually not necessarily for us. It was for Israel. I believe for Christians, the tithe is like training wheels. You know, like ever, have you ever seen a kid who's learning to ride a bike, doesn't know how to ride yet, and they put these little wheels on the side that are attached to the bike to help them to understand how to ride. I believe that the, the tithe for us is just to train us for what Christian giving is. Because Christian giving is not tithe giving. It is radical, cheerful, God-like, sacrificial giving. That's what we are called to as Christians, much more than a tithe. I mean, one of the basic verses that you probably memorized when you did Mizizi was Galatians 2.20. Come on, if you did Mizizi, say it with me. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on, somebody, clap for yourself. That's so awesome that you remember that verse. Or are you reading it on the screen? Anyway, as Christians... We have come to understand that everything we have belongs to God. Everything, not, a ten, not 10%, all of my wealth belongs to God. And I'm simply a steward of it. And so my challenge to you this year, if you have not been a tither, is that you will make a commitment in 20, 2023 that you will test God, as the book of Malachi says. Commit to be a tither this year. Commit to be a tither and see if God will not prove to be your provider. And if already you've started being a tither, I want to ask you to challenge, uh, begin to ask God to grow your faith, that you might even give even more, that you're not stuck in being a tither. That's Old Testament. Ask him to help you even become more generous towards his work. Second Corinthians 8, 7, it says, uh, Paul taught, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, See to it that you also excel in the grace of giving. Paul is saying, come on, be excellent in giving. Like let people say, my goodness, that one gives excellently. Like grow in your excellence. That's the first way that you want to grow if you want to grow in your giving. Commit to be a faithful tither and to grow in that way. Express your identity this year. The second thing I want to, uh, that we do at Mavuno and that we've thought to help us, we've used to help us grow in our giving is sacrificial giving. So the first is faithful tithing, the second is sacrificial giving. Over the years, we've encouraged this faith family to give sacrificially over and above their tithes in order to fund the special expansion needs of this ministry. There are some needs that are not operational that will require capital, and this is what our sacrificial giving comes in for. And last year, we began to practice what we call the fast fruit giving. Uh, actually, it's not us who calls it that. The Bible calls it that. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What is fast fruit giving? It means giving God the equivalent of your January earnings. Whatever it is your take-home salary is or your business profit, that you give it to God. That's a huge step of faith. A scary thing, isn't it? It's a really scary thing. I mean, who in their right mind does that? Last year when I challenged the church to do it, there were many people in this church who were truly scared to take this step of faith. But we took it, didn't we? Many of us took this step. And what amazing testimonies of God's faithfulness and provision that we've heard in this church, more than we've had in many, many years. I mean, you are simply expressing your identity. You're simply becoming who you're supposed to be. You see, when you take a step of faith to grow in generosity, then you're making room for God's provision, God's divine intervention in your life. And his, his promise is that your barns will be filled to overflowing and that your vats will brim over with new wine. And so today, my second challenge to everyone who considers this their church is that you will 
take this radical step of sacrificial giving. If you haven't already, please download the Mavuno app on the Android Play Store. And once you sign in, it will give you an opportunity to make your first fruit commitment. Uh, the app will also give you the opportunity to pay the amount over several months, should you choose to do so. Uh, you can also give your tithes using your campus pay bill or using the pay bill if you're on the online campus. If you have an Apple phone, uh, we're not discriminating against you, by the way. Uh, we had a bit of an issue with, develop, uh, with the developer and uh, it was a bit slower than we expected. Uh, so if you're on Apple, for those Apple people in the house, come on somebody. Uh, we know you, we see you. Uh, we can even see you look like an Apple guy. Does your neighbor look like an Apple guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, please use the web app. Just go on the website. Uh, you'll see the place where it talks about fast fruit giving. you see the log in to the web app. And here's the thing. Once the app is released on the iOS store, uh, everything that you've put in there, whatever you put in as your pledge, you'll be able to, once you sign in on your app, it'll actually download that for you. So don't worry about that. Now, in all this, I want you to remember several things. This is so important that we just always underline this. We don't give to bribe God. We don't give to gain salvation. We don't give to, gain, to get rich. We don't give because God needs it. We give because it grows our faith. We give because we bless the needy. We give because it expresses our identity and it brings praise to God. And through our giving, we become more and more God-like as we partner with Him on His mission here on earth. Tell your neighbor, express your identity. Yeah. This is what God wants us to do is to be God-like, to be like Him. God so loved that He gave, that we will love God, we will love His people, we will love His work, and we will give. And as I conclude, I would like now to hand over back uh, to your campus pastor, for those who are in the different campuses, and for your campus pastor to help you address questions and logistics about tithing and about fast fruit giving, and also to pray for you as you take on this new year. I pray for all of us as I hand back over, that this year, we will do great exploits as we grow in our generosity. May God bless you and help you to become a kingdom financier who will support the work of God in your generation across this world. And may glory come to your Father because of you. Amen. Wow. And you know, today, actually, for the online campus, I have the privilege of uh, introducing again uh, a pastor who's been here with us this month, helping us kind of debrief the messages. Uh, his name is Pastor James Mushai. Wow. Come on, Pastor James. Great and, to be here. And Thank he you. is the campus pastor of the Hill City Campus, yeah. our headquarter campus out in Athi River. Uh, but this month, he has just been such a blessing to us. Uh, welcome, Pastor James. Thank you, Pastor M. It's yeah. great to be here. Glad that you're all able to join us for service today. Amen. And yeah. you, I mean, you're telling me that you had some takeouts from the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so, so I think one of the things that's really popped out for me is when you say that we don't give to get. Yeah. Uh, because um, sometimes there, you know, there are many people who sort of have that misconception, and you said we don't give to get rich. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, at the end, uh, you talk to us about why we give. It's in our DNA. You know, God is a giver. But that one stood out for me because it's very easy for me as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, to give because of the thing I'm expecting to get out of it. So that really popped out at me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so connected because. When I give, yeah. God blesses. Yes. So it's easy then to say, I'm going to give so God so blesses. That can, yeah. That's not the reason. Yeah. I give yeah. because God has already given me it more than grew. I could ever receive. Yeah. And I grow my faith in the I process. I grow my faith. And then I see God blessing. I acknowledge it belongs to Him exactly. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So there are greater reasons. The, the, the getting is just out of God's goodness. But it's not the reason 
why I should be giving. I love that. Yeah, so that one really popped out for me. I love that. Yeah. Now, many many people on the online church, yeah. we've experienced the power of giving. Uh-huh. And we've seen God come through in powerful ways as we've done it. But there's some yeah. who are just starting this journey. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us what your own experience has been, just maybe to encourage wow. somebody who's just beginning this journey. Wow. Uh, so so it's actually interesting, Pastor. For some reason, I, I, I started tithing when I was in high school. I, wow. I don't, I don't, hey, hold on, for real, like <laughs> tithing. Wow. Like who taught you and that? I, That's and I amazing. Don't even, I, was, I, I don't know why I remembered it a few days ago and I was wondering, who taught me about tithing? Wow. I, I don't even recall it as a lesson. That's amazing. Uh, but I remember, you know. So I've always at, tithed since high school. So I've always tithed since high school. Um, wow. Someone someone taught me. I hope and, my kids are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started tithing in high school and then, you know, it's just been a part of my life. And, wow. you know, I, and I've been... For the most part, I've been consistent with it. I have seen the blessings that God promises as a result of tithing. Yeah. And I think uh, it's interesting because as I've listened to your sermon, uh, I've, I've actually seen some of the things that you're talking about. So, for example, when you say that giving grows our faith, yeah. I find that because I started tithing my lunch money, I've not struggled as you know as the income that I as my income has grown I've been able to tithe it but I but I started when it was small it's, it's probably easier to start with it's, when you're smaller I suspect it's easier to start with my lunch than waiting for the day I'm rich easier. and then I'll tithe yeah. yeah I suspect that for someone who's a, who's who's you know when they start later on and the income is high and the amounts are bigger it's a little bit harder so so I've seen that it has grown my faith and it has made it easier for me to give uh, in a practical sense you talked about sacrificial giving um again when I was younger uh, many years ago, I learned about the fast fruits uh, as I was reading the Bible. And I actually decided for some that it's something that I will be doing. Yeah. And when we got married, because I think I had, the, I, 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 you know, I, I went through that learning process uh, before I got married. And when we got married, I, you know, I talked to my wife, talked us about it. And he said, okay, we'll be giving our fast fruits. Uh, but then when the rubber hit the road, it was a little too complex. It was like this thing of giving like a full a month's salary. Yeah. Uh, and we even had like guidelines for it. We said, you know, anytime we get a raise, the first, you know, new income from that uh, thing, you will give it as a fast fruit. Uh, you know, at the beginning of each year, we'll give a fast fruit. And I remember really desiring it. But I just so you had the never, plan, but you had never done it. We had the plan, but we had never done it because I just never had the faith for it. Yeah. But then what happened is that last year when you challenged us to uh, give to the Free the Future campaign and give our fast fruits, our entire income in January, that was the first time that we did it. I was scared. I mean, I'd never done it before. Yeah. Uh, but I think my faith had grown through tithing to the place where last year, finally, I could take the leap of faith. But then what now giving last year did is that this year, it's not a struggle. Mm. It's like after we gave the first time last year, we're like, oh, we didn't die in February. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we saw God's goodness in amazing ways in February. I remember one of the things that happened for us first time. We'd always had these stories, but it had never happened to us. Uh, someone blessed us like with a fully paid holiday in February. Come on. In the in month February. when we had no income in January. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. anyway, so amazing things that. happened, but also it's not a, a, a barrier for us now. It's like we're just like, oh, okay, so I guess this is our life now. I love that. Every January, we'll look at, okay, what is everything that has come in and we'll just bring it together yeah. and we'll give so it's that scary. As a so food. even for him who's been a Christian, it was yeah. scary. Yeah. Uh, but he did it but anyway. doing it, it built our faith. And it built yeah. So like, you know, I we didn't that. have a long, we haven't had a long conversation about giving fast food yeah. in 2023. How, just, how do you overcome that fear? I'm just thinking yeah. of somebody who's, I mean, it can't have been easy to get there. Maybe you have yeah. some experience, but yeah. What tips for somebody who's I, like, man, I'm so scared. Yeah. Like, how do you overcome that fear? Um, I'd say, I'd say two things and maybe it's actually one. I'd say number one, you need to just do it. But then I'd say number two, start somewhere. I think that's why even as you were teaching, you said, hey, 
uh, 10% is, is a flaw. There's yeah. a place God wants to get us to. It's a place of radical, sacrificial giving. Yeah. I truly believe that that's where God wants to get us to. Uh, if you haven't started, here, here's the invitation. 10% just start. Uh, in fact, even that's even God's uh, teaching in Malachi chapter 3. He says, just test me. Yeah. Yeah, he says, you know, test the waters with this. Start at 10%, see what that see does what for happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Now, I want to just uh, say, come on, guys. Even as we're doing this, we're challenging you to, to grow in your faith, to take the steps. And if you haven't yet downloaded the Mavuno app, you can actually go on the Android store right now. I want to challenge you, by the way. Uh, take a pause right now. And just go to that uh, Android store. It's not just an app about giving. It's, about, it's an app that will give you other information about Mavuno Church, especially in this season when so many of us are off social media. It'll keep you informed. But it, it does have a member section that you can actually log in and give uh, through that. I use that for your giving. Uh, but you know, I want to just, just download it right now if you haven't yet and uh, leave that on your phone even as we continue. So that after this, you can, make your, you can create your account and would love to see you just start this journey of generosity. Start this journey of growing in your faith. Now, Pastor James, I want you to just conclude for us awesome. uh, in prayer. There's people yeah. here who, are, who maybe are even unemployed, yeah. financially stressed. Yeah. And even as we're asking for people to be generous, they're like, oh my yeah. God, I'm in such need. Mm. Uh, we trust God. God is yeah. our provider. Amen. And we can pray and believe God for a miracle for you even this month when we're praying and fasting. Yeah. And in addition to that, let's just pray, pray for God's provision for us Amen. that he will show us yeah. how intent he is on blessing us so that we can be generous yeah. on every occasion. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Uh, let's pray God's people. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your goodness and because you love us. And even as we're getting into this conversation about expressing our identity, I just pray for someone who's here and they desire to give their, maybe they're even committed to generosity, uh, but in this season they're in dire straits financially. For someone who's trusting you for a job, for someone whose business is in trouble, I pray for a miracle. I know that you're a miracle working God. And so our prayer is that you will intervene in every situation to the glory and honor of your name. For some of us, what we need is the courage and the boldness to take this step. When we do the math, it doesn't add up. If I take away 10% to bring to church, what does that mean for the rest of my month and all my expenses? And I'm praying, Holy Spirit of God, that you will give us courage and boldness to take this step of faith. Because, Lord, you have assured us when, that when, if we test you in this, that, Lord, we are going to experience you mm. in amazing ways. I thank you that every promise that you have given connected to generosity, it will be established in our lives because your word tells us that my promises are yes and amen. And so we will experience you. We will experience favor, blessing, growth in many different ways mm. as we learn to live generously. I pray for continued provision for us so that even as your word says that we can be enriched in every way so that we can be generous in every occasion. We thank you for your love. We bless you. And we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God amen. bless amen. you. Have a wonderful week. And see you at prayer tomorrow. Amen. Bye-bye.